From Studio A in Podcast Village, Upper Georgetown, Washington, D.C., this is the best political talk show you've never heard of. It's Backroom Politics with your host and moderator, Justin Russell. And good afternoon, good morning, good evening, however you listen to us out there in Radio Land. It is uh, your host and moderator, Justin Russell. Joining me in studio, as they do every Tuesday when we record this thing, uh, he is the former Undersecretary of Commerce for International Trade. He is the one we know as Alan Moore. Hello, Alan. Hello, Justin. And out there in an undisclosed location, in Massachusetts, he's the author of such great programs as uh, Polit- American Politics on the Rocks. He is Rich Rubino. Hey, Rich. Hi, Justin. And getting settled into his bat chair with, good God, coming in looking like Evil Knievel. He is the former Democratic political operative who worked for, at one time, Joe Biden. He is also a lawyer in the great state of Maryland and the District of Columbia. He is... Dan Littner Esquire. Hello, Dan. Hey, Daniel. sorry I'm late. I just got a new GPS app that's Rudy Giuliani's voice, and it says so many things that are just wrong, it's really hard to get here. Right, right. Well, I mean, you, <laughs> sit, you, know, you sit there and you say, well, if you had gotten a traffic ticket, Rudy Giuliani could have gotten you off and pled it down to murder three. Well, I mean, he, he basically, he, he would have put it down this. to murder three, and uh, also he would have represented both me and the state. That's true. And... Uh, uh, Rob, the engineer inside the Glass Enclosed Nerve Center, along with our producer, Eric Thomas. Uh, yeah, so in case you haven't figured it out, it has been a long week uh, going on in politics here in Washington. There is an impeachment inquiry. I think we had talked uh, in one of our episodes last week, we had talked about an impeachment inquiry that Nancy Pelosi had announced that was going to happen. Well, when we do, when I, I guess when the Democrats want to inquiry, well, the Republicans aren't going to be showing up. They're going to shoot themselves in the foot and do it in grand form. <clears throat> Apparently, right after the uh, right after the uh, the the um, in announcement. Fairness, in fairness, it's only the Republicans in the House, Lindsey Graham, and. A few in the administration. The Senate, for the most part, has been hands off on the nonsense. Uh, okay, we'll we'll give you we'll give you that. I mean, but we have now gone from what was going to start as an impeachment inquiry based off of the uh, infamous now phone call between President Donald Trump and Ukrainian President uh, Vladimir Zelensky, uh, in which there was allegedly, according to a whistleblower complaint filed with the the what we call the intelligence community uh the odni the office of the director of national intelligence's inspector general's office and then as if you listen to this show with any regularity it went through a series of uh comical errors for lack of a better term and now uh, it, it we have since seen the release of the whistleblower report, which was released and unclassified by the White House, we have seen and we have seen and released transcripts of the of the phone call or a readout report of the phone call between President Trump and President Zelensky of the Ukraine, also released by the White House. We also now have testimony by uh, Admiral McGuire, who is the acting director of national intelligence, a Trump appointee, might I add. And now we also are now getting breaking news reports that this may also include the following folks. Uh, 
outside counsel and personal lawyer to President Trump, Rudolph Giuliani. Uh, Secretary of State Mike Pompeo. This also may include Attorney General Bill Barr. Uh, this is a constantly unraveling situation. Let's start at the big 50,000-foot level and work our way down. Uh, Alan Moore, you've been in Washington and politics for the better part of, what, 35 years, almost 40? Yep. Have you ever seen... I mean, this look, makes Watergate look like a hotel on the Potomac. No. 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 No? No. You don't think so? You obviously weren't here during Watergate. Um, it makes those third-rate burglars oh look God. pretty impressive. Water, Watergate lingered for for a couple of years. It was it was uh, it 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 captured America's attention, sort of the way Donald Trump has for the two and a half years of his presidency. The, the this city was consumed by Watergate. The Watergate hearings. The 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 slow drip, the fast drip of information that came out. Um, no, I, you, th- this is yeah. I, agree I completely with reject your notion that that <laughs> that this is bigger than Watergate. Really? Yep. That that surprised me. Dan, you agree? Um, I don't know about bigger than Watergate, but comparatively speaking, Watergate was competent. This is, uh, I mean, just as if somebody watching this from, how do you cover up or make up for screw ups? My God, the Nixon people were really smart. I mean, they yeah. may they may have started off doing some pretty dumb things, but they tried really hard to for their cover up. This is. Well, you're talking about. I mean, you're talking now about a a a issue that now includes allegedly the Secretary of State, the Attorney General, two of probably the highest ranking folks. So, so be, you, you got to be careful of your words. Why? Here. What do you mean? Why? why? What am I saying? You're, that's incorrect. You're, you're, what am I you're saying? Make, that's you're, incorrect. You're making it sound do, yeah, you can't like these what, guys are all part of some grand conspiracy. Be careful how you talk. What about I said? It. Wait, 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 wait. In fact, on, the parts on, of different conspiracies. Wait, 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 wait. They're involved. No, 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 no. no, no wait, involved in, you can't conflate the two. Stop. I'm not conflating the two. What I said was Bob, this Attorney situation. General Barr's traveling the world to whatever he's doing with the Mueller report, while absolutely bizarre um, and arguably a misuse of his authority. This is the new thing that we know right. there. Um, is a problem. Pompeo's misstatements that we've seen publicly and now his latest statement about making sure that nobody from the State Department is going to be made available for this impeachment inquiry, which suggests to me we might see a Pompeo impeachment inquiry. You you have now, wait a minute, you have now. That is this. You have the Secretary of State that has now been brought up in now two reports that say that he was on the call with the president, which makes him complicit in this. No, 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 no. Wait, does this not involve? Again, you, the, the. Does this not involve the Secretary of State now? You have to be careful in what involves the Secretary of State. He is not responsible for 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 what comes out of the moron in chief's mouth. However, now the question is. What he, actions he has taken that may have been illegal or at least unjustified right. based on actions from that call. So we've seen Pompeo wave his arms saying, well, I haven't seen the whistleblower complain. I don't know anything about this call, though allegedly he was 
He didn't say, I I don't know anything about this call. He was very careful not to say that. Fair enough, fair enough, fair enough. His words were interesting. Yes, they were, especially now that it appears that he was listening in. So, So the question for Pompeo was whether or not he took actions that were inappropriate, meaning the misuse of government resources for Trump's bizarre campaign plan against Joe Biden. If he did that, then there's a problem. He also potentially is on the hook. If he took actions to cover up the call and from legitimate authorities within the government or Congress that had rights to that information, if Pompeo did either of those two things, he is on the hook. However, just being present for the call, if you if you on this show right now inform everyone here that you're going to commit a crime, neither me or Alan nor anyone listening has any responsibility to do anything about that. If we do something to forward that crime or to shield that crime, then we have a problem. Other than you that, there is, a, no, you, there, there is no duty. You also are not a sworn official and the leading spokesperson in foreign affairs and part of the National Security Council, like Mike Pompeo is. That makes him an awful Secretary of State. It does not necessarily make him make a criminal. It, does, I mean, when, does First it make all, it impeachable? For, <laughs> we, we don't know everything that happened yet simply by the president. That's never stopped us before. It no certainly show. hasn't. <laughs> we wouldn't, so, have, we wouldn't so, have a show. So before we say that, that Pompeo is impeachable because he was a witness to the president's behavior, which may or may not He might just be, be impeachable. impeachable for refusing to testify before Congress right. for, for refusing oh, to subpoena. Too. <laughs> but all he said, all he has said, what I, what I read, I mean, we're, I don't know why we're going down this, this, this rat hole. I mean, when we're trying, I guess it was off there to a so bad many start rats, though. when what? we say, when we say, well, this is way worse than Watergate. Um, you really, which, which you really, so clearly you, you is think not, that, you, why is it not worse than Watergate? I've already explained it, Justin. Let's, let's bring our historian in. Maybe he ah. can, can shed some light. Okay, uh, so. On, on so, Richard Bino, did this yeah. match up to Watergate? Uh, I mean, it's so different because, and here's the reason, um, because in Nixon's case, it was all establishment people. It was all, it was essentially, the, it was involving the Republican National Committee, I mean, it was involving the Nixon administration, specifically with Trump case, it's more of a kind of a rogue thing involving the president specifically. Again, with Watergate, it was, the president was more involved, at least we know now, in the cover-up. There's still, there's... There's still questions about how much he actually knew about the actual break-in, and they originally they called it a third-rate burglary. But in this case, it's the, it's the president specifically. It's the president specifically going rogue. Um, but of course, in Watergate, you you know you did not have a, certainly a Secretary of State. You had at the time Attorney General that was involved. I mean, it's just so different. It's just it's different. It's like comparing it to you know to Teapot Dome or to the Ulysses S. Grant scandals. I don't know. It's so much different, and it's, and it's still kind of in the inquiry stages about what we know. But the other thing. Ulysses S. Grant never got on Twitter. What's that? Ulysses S. Grant never got on Twitter. No, he didn't. And, but the, if he did, I'm sure he would have come out and defend himself, and he would have talked about the corrupt Democrats in Congress. But um, in the case of Trump, too, I mean, there's so many different scandals here. I don't know if you can really put them all encompassing. I mean, you ha- certainly had the phone call with the you had the phone call with the president of Ukraine, but then you had the Russian collusion issue as well. So I don't know if it's kind of like, I guess in Watergate, in a sense, you kind of bundled a lot of camp, different campaign finance things and put them into one cup because it just makes it sound easier. To, but in this case, I mean, you might have, t- you might have three or four separate, if theoretically, you could have separate 
impeach, impeachment inquiries into three or four different things. I don't know if you can necessarily put these well, all— Well, the current, inqu- the current impeachment inquiry, uh, according to several on the Hill, including uh, Chairman Schiff, has said that this will focus on the Ukrainian phone call issue and the possible cover-up involved but, in that. Right, right, but I think if you look back at this 30 years later, I mean, what are you going to— if you look back at it 30 years later, whatever the result is— are you going to put all these? Are all these things going to be encompassed together? Or I mean, this is a very specific laser-focused inquiry, but I think that there's so many other things going on. I don't know if you necessarily call if you're necessarily going to remember this as you know the Ukraine issue, or if you're just going to remember this as so. Something will be all encompassing, but if we just remember it as you know Donald Trump and something to do with Donald Trump elections, Donald Trump inter- foreign interference in elections, something like that. But there are so many different things, and I mean, I guess if you say the Ukraine thing specifically, then no, I mean, that's correct. Watergate was a lot worse, I think, than what happened specifically wow. to the phone call with you, Ukraine. But if you put all this stuff together, if you put the Russian collusion, you, the, if you put everything together, then I think that you're, a, you're at a commensurate level in many respects. Yeah, there's, there's another issue here that I think is really a, a, a huge difference. What's that? And that is that Nixon knew the law. He knew the players. He knew exactly what he was doing, and he was hiding it. Trump, I don't think, generally knows what he's doing. Nancy Pelosi on 60 Minutes summed it up for me just the other day. She said, the president doesn't think he did anything wrong. And I think that's a massive difference. That's not to say he didn't do anything wrong. There's a lot of stuff we don't know that still has to come out and will come out. We, we, a lot's come out already just in the last 10 so, days. So let me ask, so, let me so, ask this. No, is it the ignorance? Uh, a very good point. Hold on. Uh, let me ask the question, though. The, the, so what you're saying is, is that the, the president's ignorance in seeking foreign influence in getting uh, opposition research on a political opponent, allegedly. Allegedly seeking out foreign intelligence resources from the Australians, one of our Five Eye partners. That is... That one's allegedly. I don't think we can say the Ukrainian thing's allegedly. The White House produced the... A, a a a report suggesting all of this I'm, is true. No, no. What, what I'm, what I, again, I, I use the word allegedly. I mean, you're now right. You I'm saying I'm saying one is allegedly, one is a fact. You, these are not all equal things. Last March, I believe it was that the Department of Justice said they were going to take a look at the origins of the entire investigation on Russian collusion. There was an Australian who talked to Papadopoulos and said. There's emails and Pop, George Papadopoulos, who's gone to jail for lying and is and is now out, took that information. He also talked to Wait, some. I thought Papadopoulos was drunk and told the Australian. No, thought, <laughs> it went the other that, way. No, that's that's no, that's I mean, the report the, that the, I know. The, the, the point the the, the the point here, you know, st- the the so-called Steele uh, author of the Steele dossier uh, and some mysterious um, professor in Eng- in in England um, that w- were. It, those guys were involved in the early going, and that's what the Justice Department said they were going to have a look at. So it, we need more information, but it's not as though those guys are part of some massive uh, uh, conspiracy. And and it's a mistake the, to the, not separate the, 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 the pieces out. Pompeo has some explaining to do, but... I don't see anything that that we know yet. Simply being on the call is not an impeachable offense. 
we're going to find out more. But you can read that 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 readout of the uh, of the of the phone call that twelve people apparently have input on. There's something like a dozen people who listen in on these calls. They they work it out. They look at your notes. Look at my notes. They put, or if you're Donald Trump, they, spy on those calls. They, yeah. they, <laughs> they, they put a document together. And 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 we see it. And you, depending upon how you feel about the president and how you feel about Ukraine, um, and, and how you feel about how presidents should act, it's not a slam dunk uh, that that he he committed a crime. Nor is it a slam dunk dunk that he didn't. Well, That's think, why you have an you inquiry. Know, go ahead, Red Tribuno. You know, I was just going to say one thing about my paying payout that I'm sure he regrets now is he's no longer he's not in Kansas anymore. Um, you know. Wow. If he comes out wearing ruby how, red slippers, is long, that going to change your opinion? Been, how long have you been waiting to do that? <laughs> All week I've been thinking about this. But, I mean, think about it. I mean, this is somebody who was a critic of Donald Trump throughout the entire 2016 presidential election. Um, he never, he did not, he was not a supporter of him in the primary. He said, so, I mean, and then all of a sudden, you know, he becomes his secretary of state and he kind of, he had a jumping off point. He could very possibly, when Pat Roberts announced he wasn't going to run for reelection, he was probably the front runner to run for that seat. And, you know, they essentially, Donald Trump talked to him about it and he said, no, I want to stay on. If he had done that, he would have been able to go back to Kansas and he would not have had to go through this, you know, every single day. And it would have probably, he would have probably had a lot better of a political career and potentially he could have served for a few terms and then potentially, you know, gone on to be, try to become vice president or president. But now, just like, just like Mr. Barr, for example, the same thing. You know, he had a legacy being the attorney general in George H.W. Bush administration. The question for him, I mean, he was never a vociferous Trump guy. Why, in his, why on earth did he decide to come back and serve Donald Trump as attorney general? It's like, you know, you just wonder what this is, what is going through their heads when they decide they're going to do this. And now, you know, the first page in their obituary is going to be essentially that they served Donald Trump, and it's going to be what's going when this entire scandal. They basically the same thing with Rudy Giuliani too, I guess. I mean, well, Rudy, no, Giuliani, they, 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 Rudy no, they, Giuliani's no, a whole different situation. No, all different. R- R- Barr's yeah, yeah. in his seventies. This is his last stop, and you need to understand in Washington that many of us who have served along the way in different in different capacities feel this duty to respond to the call. Now, if you're younger, like Pompeo, you see it as a as a as a stepping up point. It's still stone, yeah. climbing right. the ladder. And remember, he started at the CIA. He was one of the few guys that seemed to be able to operate with with the president, give him what he wanted in the in the right doses. He's jumped into this. There aren't very many people anywhere who, if offered the chance to be Secretary of State, who care at all about foreign affairs? Yeah, you get a plane. It's a pretty good deal. Wouldn't yeah. take it. <laughs> no. Now, having said that, we'll see uh, how that but this plays here, out. Here's, he's got, a, here's he's a got problem a, with all this. He's got a book to write. No, no. But here's the problem with all this: is you are the Secretary of State and you actively hear the president, and and this is off the transcripts that the White House released themselves. When you say, "Hey, I need you to do us a favor," knowing full well that you are part of that money transfer process that gives money to the Ukraines that the president withheld through OMB, and you hear, hey, I want to buy javelins. Yeah, I want you to do us a favor, though. As Secretary of State, that does not make you want to at least bring this up as as, as a possible crime, if not a big diplomatic faux pas? Seventeen percent of America said they were surprised that the president did this. Eighty-three percent basically said this sounds like what he does. I mean, I, I have no what's idea. What's illegal? What, 
We don't. It's be careful. No, wait, wait, Justin. wait, wait. I said one be, is illegal. What I did not say is what the president did. I said one of these things is illegal. Going to and withholding congressional appropriated funds for foreign assistance is illegal is in a quid no, pro quo. No, 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 no. It is not per se illegal. A quid pro quo is illegal. It is absolutely illegal. De- de- details matter. No, no, you, <laughs> just, did, Justin, did, you keep expanding when you get into a that hole. That is not true. You've you got to let me finish. You illegal. jump in. This, one of these is illegal. <laughs> but, a quid pro quo, which the president is quoted as saying. No, 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 no. He's accused, and he's denied. He's quoted that there's a as quid saying. Pro quo. I've read it, Justin. You don't and, need to quote to me. It's to be established. It's an argued issue. Some people see quid pro quo. Some people don't. Some people want more information. That's where the world, That's where we are. Well, it, it. Let's also, again, lots of details matter here. But regardless of, and this is important to note. On the uh, using an official government action, so leave the foreign assistance aside entirely. The fact that, that the president from the Oval Office, as using his authority as president of the United States, was explicitly asking for something that was not for the United States when he says us, he meant what? me, for his campaign. There is no legitimate government purpose in going after Hunter and Joe Biden, other than for the president's campaign. That is an issue that is separate, while included in the whole, can be can be looked at separately in total by itself as an illegal act. So keeping that in mind, and this is why using the allegedly problem and the is a problem in and of itself, because the White House released these notes and this information. Is that a politi- Is that getting in front of it for the White House? Well, considering all the rumors from the Hill, I remember when I saw this, and I was like, what the hell are Republicans thinking? And it took about three days for all reporters. Nobody's been on the record on this, but almost universally, with the exception of Jim Jordan, who seems to just be a moron, um, Republicans as a whole were like, "What? Too kind. What yeah. the hell were, was he? Th- what the hell were they thinking? Releasing this like this, and on top of that, releasing it with no battle plan no. as far as how to deal well, with it. That, a that brings side. up the good. That brings they up thought they were going to be exonerated wholesale with but those that, notes, which is, is that, insane. It's because what what Nancy Pelosi said, the president doesn't think he did anything wrong, and he said, "Put it out there, and you'll see I did so nothing I, wrong." I had a few oh, conversations oops. with with I, I've been asking quote normal people, and I mean people outside of politics when I run into them. Can, this is one of those stories that is everywhere. All three, uh, CNN, MSNBC, and Fox News, all carried uh, the acting uh, uh, DNI testimony. Uh, testimony. Yeah. So a fair number of normal people are actually now engaged in this. So to Alan's point, and which is Nancy Pelosi's point, that the president didn't know that this was illegal or didn't know this was wrong. Uh, Law 101, ignorance is not a defense. Right. However, important to note, this call literally happened the day after Mueller testified. Right. So you have to be, there's a, also in, in the law, there's a phrase called willful blindness. Right. So if, if there is a defense of ignorance somewhere out there, if you're saying, oh, no, I didn't see it, I didn't see it, that 
actually is no longer defensible. So you can do something wrong once, maybe, if you didn't know it was wrong. Time number two, you're screwed. You are on the hook, period. But here, here's You what are the, on notice. But here's what gets me is, the, the question that I keep wrestling with is, to your point, is you release... First of all, you release the 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 transcript or the readout document. It wasn't really arguably a transcript. per se evidence of yeah, the wrongdoing. But it but you do that, and then the second, literally the day after, after you're getting all this blowback, the next morning you basically do it on Morning Joe in front of the entire political nation. Here's the whistleblower report. It, it's almost it's almost like he wants to be impeached. Well, there is, I mean, there is well, a Machiavellian had... view to that. Well, that go, go ahead with that, Rich. Go there ahead, is Rich. a Machiavellian potentially that that is what he wants to do. It would be a way to essentially galvanize his base. He gets impeached, and then he gets, and then the, and then the Senate votes, essentially votes not guilty. And then he can use this and say that the, the Democrats impeach the Democrats impeach me for political purposes. Look what happened in the Senate, and then he can kind of martyr himself. So I mean, you know, there is kind of a madman theory there that you know, and I, actually, I think it could potentially politically have some viability. I don't know if it's something that Donald Trump. We're missing a detail. We're missing a detail there. The, 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 the Senate had also, on a voice vote, unanimously said this stuff had to be turned over to Congress. Which, as Chuck Schumer said, he was really surprised Why has, that this pushed the, forward for a unanimous voice but vote. But when has the president and the White House ever willfully just said, okay, here you go. They have fought We everything. just have the example. It's just <laughs> right. releasing the whistleblower report. <laughs> when they thought it was going to help them and make it, their case. Um, it, I am not one who believes that the president, want, in this particular instance, wanted an impeachment. I think this sort of came out of the blue. And then he'll try to make lemonade... Uh, out of these lemons that he's contributed yep. to significantly, th- there is one thing that that's worth remembering here about about the 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 request for an investigation of Joe Biden, and it comes back to our good buddy Rudy Giuliani. Now, a, a, a quick a, a quick diversion regarding Giuliani in Ju- in two thousand and eight, late two thousand and seven, two thousand and eight, Rudy Giuliani was the leading candidate for the Republican nomination. Do you think Rudy's going to announce yeah. his is, run again? Yeah. Is, there, is there anybody in America who wishes that that thing had gone differently and that Rudy had been in the White House? This guy has proved again and again and again that he's crazy, that he is incompetent, that he has led the president into some of these corners. Uh, that that the president now is kind of stuck in and still keeps on keeps keeps hanging on with Rudy in the case of the he was also uh, on the shortlist uh, for Secretary of State. Let's not forget of, that either. Yeah, so who yeah, knows? Right, you know, he, right. yeah. But then ultimately, cooler heads prevailed. He he wanted to be AG. He wanted you know. It's like somebody said, no, he's nuts. So remember what happened. It was so, uh, the the discredited prosecutor of Ukraine who told Rudy privately. That he, this prosecutor, was pushed out by Joe Biden and others, happened to be most of Europe and the World Bank and the IMF, but that he was pushed out <laughs> Details. because he was looking into the company that Hunter Biden was on the board of. Correct. So but, Giuliani, but since Giuliani, Giuliani, back, Giuliani, listen, 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 Giuliani picked that 
accusation up and told the president, and they said, let's go get him. But he has since and, come and, back and, and, and said that that was actually not I know, necessarily no, no, true. No, 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 we're talking. We're going the, back months ago. In, 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 in fact, he was pushed out for not pursuing the investigation. Right. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 The, the reason, <laughs> yeah. The, reason the IMF and all of Europe oh, and our government Rich, wanted yeah. to get rid of him was because he was not playing doing ball. the job. He was not playing ball. Rich Rubino. Yeah, interesting about Rudy Giuliani. So just going back again to Rudy Giuliani, a little bit of a so when he was mayor, first of all, in 1994, he endorsed Mario Cuomo over George Pataki. This, he was a very nominal Republican, and he did. He was very sympathetic, actually. He was somewhat of an ally to he used Bill Clinton, of all people. Yeah. And in 1996, it took him till about a week before the election to say that he would support Bob Dole over Bill Clinton. And so he was. I mean, he was very much a nominal Republican. By two thousand after nine eleven, by two thousand four, he was going around the country campaigning for different Republicans. He became essentially a tribune of the Republican Party. By two thousand and seven, he was getting the endorsement of Pat Robertson when he ran for president. Of all people, there are people in the religious right that were supporting him. So I mean, he's very much a political opportunist. Who I think he ran in a city like New York, where in order to be in order to win as a Republican, you know, like John Lindsay had done, you have to essentially run as both the most liberal Republican as possible. Now all of a sudden, Rudy Giuliani is a tribune to folks like you know um, Rush Limbaugh and Sean Hannity. It's just amazing. It's very much like what Mitt Romney did when he ran for Senate the first time in '94. Then all of a sudden, he gets further to the right. Um, I think it's very. There's a lot of opportunism here, and you wonder how much of it is about Rudy Giuliani versus about his loyalty to Donald Trump. So it's yeah, the ultimate deep state attack that both both uh, Donald Trump <laughs> yes. and Rudolph Giuliani he, became Republicans for no other reason than to destroy the Republican Party. It's really the Democratic yeah, but plan. Here's, here's the thing. Here's the really <laughs> odd thing about this: is if you're Mike Pompeo, if you're Mike Pompeo right now, you've got the president throwing you under the bus. You've got. Uh, now, Rudy Giuliani saying that, well, it was State Department that put me in touch and made me go to the Ukraine. Wait, which is, by the way, something that also, is on its own, worthy of thorough absolutely, investigation. Yes, absolutely. And, and let's, going back to Rudolph Giuliani, he cannot assert to being both the president's private lawyer and a functionary of the State Department of at the same time. Right. It, Legally, he may not do that. It is. This is a black and white issue. There aren't many of those. This is crystal clear. So Rudy, amongst other things, is also going to be looking at being disbarred if he asserts this not on a cable news network, but under oath. He is toast. You have to get him under oath. He has to choose. You have to get him into the committee hearing room to get him under oath. I assume his he was subpoenaed along with his cell phone for uh, as I saw Elijah Cummings, uh, Jerry Nadler, and. And, uh, Adam Schiff, Adam Schiff oh, all yeah. subpoenaed the cell phone that he waved around <laughs> like an idiot, saying, "Look, I got all this off of my phone. Great, thanks. Yeah, let's, let's let's give that up." Right. And by the way, we don't need it. We can get actually get a subpoena from the phone company, your telecom carrier, to get that. But he, but, but his point is the point what, the point Dan's making here, which is is so important, is that he's he's the attorney. So with when he's acting as an attorney, they, he can exert attorney client privilege or the client has the power right. to say you can talk about that. But when he's over there doing international things, <laughs> arguably with the permission of uh, or under the guidance of the State Department, somebody's got some explaining to do. <clears throat> My guess is that Rudy, as is his want, got very carried away. But we're not sure. But how long and does, there may be and some... The which is part of the reason for him to testify. Does, absolutely, how absolutely. Long does, which if I'm the Republican Party, I'm terrified of Rudy testifying. No, no, but... No, but <laughs> <laughs> well, here's the other question is, how long does Mike Pompeo take these body punches before he either 
A, collapses under the weight of his loyalty to Donald Trump, or, or B, says, I can't do this anymore, so, and testifies. So that's the question. For the people who see themselves as having some sort of political future or just a future in the private sector, the question is, what is your best solution? So. I have no relationship or knowledge of Pompeo outside of his uh, of the disaster of his both support for Trump and his actions within the Trump administration. As a CIA director, he was seemingly fine, um, and when he testified for Congress, he didn't he didn't spew nonsense. This is sort of a new world, so I don't know if he wanted to go back to be a senator or, or governor or even aspirations to the White House. But all of this nonsense that he's dealing with is not going away. So the question is, what do the people of Kansas think about yeah. this? And th- these, uh, from what little I, ex- political experience I have with Kansas, is these are, you know, well, conservative folks, also no-nonsense folks. They'd rather have folks be a bit of a straight shooter. So Pompeo, what does he do? Does he, just, does he stand loyally next to the president? Does he... Whenever he speaks, does he have a very well lawyered statement that, while not quite throwing the president under the bus, he doesn't take questions. He just sticks to that statement that is as crystal clear as you know a a glass of muddy water, but walks a very narrow path. How does that affect voters in in Kansas? It's a it's a it's a it's a real question. And I'm not a Pompeo fan, but I don't think he's necessarily incompetent. But when you when your boss is a crazy man, what do you do? And especially when he's crazy and uncontrollable. Is there a John Dean figure right now that could be... Dan Coates, John uh, Bolton. <laughs> I, I, I mean, could it be Pompeo? I mean, is is there one person that could be the absolute catalyst? So I've, I've said this for a while on, on the show, that the Republican Party, in order to survive Trump not only needs to take him down, but needs to burn him and his empire to the ground because his supporters are so crazy that, and I have said this to other folks, when pe- people have been asking my opinion on what I think is going to happen, I've said, I'm not making it a prediction about Trump. I will make a prediction about Trump's crazy supporters because we've already seen people wielding guns, pipe bombers. We've seen a Coast Guardsman and a soldier, both with crazy plans to do things. Well, we got the president tweeting the, that this tr- will cause the, there civil are, war. There, exactly. And while mainstream Republicans don't want any part of that and will arguably push them more toward the impeachment inquiry, if not outright impeachment, the lunatic fringe, which is heavily armed, some of those folks are going to do some stupid crap. I am simply predicting it is going to happen. I don't know how much, but it will happen. Alan Moore, I had this discussion with a journalist friend of ours, and we came up with the idea that if Donald Trump were impeached, do you foresee that Donald Trump, A, could defy everybody and still run and possibly get elected again? Uh, defying the impeachment. I mean, literally, Congress would have so to you're say... Saying, you're saying if if the House votes to impeach and the Senate in convicts. a trial yeah. convicts and removes, no. no. Then he's done. He is done. But I don't yeah, I think see... A pre- I think a President Pence wants to keep the job. On the basis of everything I've seen so far, there's not enough there for the Senate to convict. Now, we're not done. 
This is an inquiry. It's still early. Yeah. This no, no, no. Is... M- Mike Murphy, the political operative, said if if the actual removal vote was a secret was a secret ballot, there would be thirty Republican votes in oh, favor. We, we Jeff, seen... Fla- Jeff, Jeff Flake said, said no. I think that, he said I think it'd actually be closer to thirty five. Thirty five, right. <laughs> right. I don't think I he's right, this, but though. it is interesting. There is a press the closest precedent you can see for some it would have been Andrew Johnson. And Andrew Johnson in eighteen sixty eight, he was impeached for violating the Tenure of Office Act. He won. He, he was. He won. He, he was not convicted. He won by one vote. By one vote in the United States Senate. As I cast this vote, I looked at my open grave. His, term. his name was actually on. He actually at the convention. He got about seventy-seven votes. He retired. Then he. So he, he did not get the nomination in eighteen sixty-eight. But he did come back in eighteen seventy-five. And I guess you would say he was somewhat exonerated because he actually won a seat in this in Tennessee in the uh, United States Senate. Okay, but. He... The other, the other big thing is, are we starting to see Republicans starting to waver, Alan Moore? We've, we kind of saw it with uh, Lee Stefanik from New York. We saw it with uh, Congressman Hurd from Texas, who's retiring. He's got nothing to lose. Chuck Grassley came out today and said he believed that the whistleblower did this for the right reasons and did it by the process, did it by the book. Didn't Joe Heck also? Uh, no. Uh, Congressman from Nevada also came out and forged and kind of casually said he was in favor of the inquiry. Um, but are, are we going to start now, as this thing gets deeper and deeper into the inquiry, are we going to see Republicans lock arms, or are we going to see them start to to waver, falter? I, I don't. I, I don't see enough yet to cause me to say they're 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 going to falter. But again, we're we're early on here. We need to hear from more people. You asked about if there's a John Dean. I don't. I don't think that that the circumstances are comparable as as we were saying before. That President Nixon was engaged over a long period of time. In, in a deeper and deeper conspiracy, m- money, paying people off, in, in getting the CIA to try to pull the, the FBI uh, out of, or, or vice versa, out of the investigation. Actually, was, yeah, CIA get the FBI off of this thing. All this very clear obstruction of justice behavior. We got a guy now who doesn't even know any of that history, doesn't understand any of that stuff, has all this enormous confidence that he knows what he's doing, that he knows how to fight, and that, that, the, that the enemies are just trying to bring him down. There's no merit to anything they're trying to do. And he, I'm, I'm, he, he doesn't show any interest in trying to even understand what their arguments are. So it, there's, there are people, there were about 12 people apparently who listened in on that phone call. Um, the, the, the whistleblower was not one of them, and none of the 12 people who were there, m- most of them uh, uh, have, have <laughs> sworn an oath of office, too, as we do when we go into the federal service. Um, you know, people who were there and heard didn't think, oh, my God, I have to report this. Now, some well, we of these oh, people, we just, we just, there's these one people aspect talk, that we have to address, to the whistleblower. One of the, one of the things that we do have to address here that, was, that we haven't talked about yet is this concept of, as as somebody who's been an investigator, this would strike me as being possible cover-up, is the taking of the phone call recording itself and any of the documentation and placing it not in the archival 
uh, servers that would normally hold this, but putting it into a compartmentalized secure server, basically done for compartmentalized secure information at the highest levels of government. Right. So, so, hi- so history on this matters as well. So, and this, and it hasn't been well reported that. that this is all based on the rules of an executive order that Obama put into place relatively early in his administration. What, the, uh, the security server? The, uh, how the information had to be handled, yes. Um, now, ex- executive orders dep- are a little hazy. They do have the force of law-ish. Um, and I, I mean that sincerely, if force of law-ish. However, this is to Alan's point, the mechanism of how this stuff works all it takes to change an executive order is the president to change an executive order. It's an executive order. There doesn't have to be a process. There should be. There doesn't have to be. So if somebody had been paying attention, they could have managed this differently. Doesn't doesn't this fall under the Archives Act? The 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 documents itself. No, you're talking about rec- you're, you're talking about maintaining records. There's there's, there's also a different complaint because there are so many issues out there. <laughs> Donald Trump is all, there are also already complaints against Pompeo actually for Donald Trump taking away the notes from the translator at one of Trump's overseas meetings. I believe it was, it was Helsinki with with Putin. With Putin. Under that guy, so there's the Archives Act, there's the Presidential Records Act. You may not destroy these kind of records. It's a moral absolute. You may not. Right. That said, administrations galore, uh, both Bush administrations, um, have gotten away with some rather questionable ways of dealing with records. Um, that were never prosecuted. It was kind that people made a big stink of it and said you shouldn't do this. Shame on you. But there was no prosecution. That's a little different from what the president did, literally grabbing the notes and tearing them up and destroying them. Um, that's a, a bit more plain sight. And these notes do not belong to the president. They belong to the United States. Right. And the reason the archives is involved, as well as the Presidential Records Act, is because there's a continuity of government issue. Right. You want to know uh, why something occurred, where the dissenters were, whether or not different actors in an administration 10 years ago when a treaty was negotiated, what were people actually thinking? There was a very legitimate reason for this. Right. And the destruction but, of that is the destruction of basically public, but public the, property. But at the, same, at the same time, though, I mean, again, is, is an, as an investigator looking outside, you sit there and saying, okay, you want to take what normally would be in a non-secured ser- record server, and you now put this uh, it, it, into it's, it's, a, it's, it's secured. Yeah, let me secured. Let, let, let me make a comment about this because because of course this was the 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 disclosure that caused some of the Democrats to call to, to start screaming cover up cover up. That first of all, I think Justin, when you first described it, you said the recordings of the call and the readouts. There was no recording of the call, so far as we I don't know. Think. There's, there's, <laughs> there's no reason to believe there was. We stopped doing that a long time ago. That doesn't mean the Ukrainians didn't record it. And who knows? Maybe we have a recording. But there was the readout. So where does it go? Well, as 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 Dan was describing. For some time, it's gone to one particular place. That's not a transparent, open place. That's a super secret, very limited access place. But early in this administration, there were there were phone calls that the president had with the Australian prime minister, with the New Mexican president. They were embarrassing. They were they were they were nasty. The president got ugly, and 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 reports of what was said came out within days. The president went ballistic. 
rightly so, because he has some reason to believe and to need that the, 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 the stuff that occurs in these conversations will be kept secret. Before we're and done, and also the Nazis he calls. Before okay. we're done in this investigation, we're going to find out what, how long some of these readouts have been going to the even right. more secret place. I I sort of liken it to everything right now goes into a into like a big old bank vault that only a few people have access to, and and what the president did was the vault's not good enough. It's got to go into a safe inside the vault, right. but it's all very tightly controlled. So th- and there was part of the dispute of whether it should even be released because it's a phone well, conversation. Well, because the, pri- the, the president state. under the under the national security and under underneath so many laws is the ultimate classifier and declassifier. If the president wants to declassify it, which again, we were shocked when we saw the readout document so quickly unclassified, and the whistleblower, which would have been classified at the highest levels. There were, there were things in that in that readout that were embarrassing to the U.S. and to the president of Ukraine regarding um, Presidents Macron um, and, and Andrea Merkel. Oh, yeah. That... that I can't believe that stuff wasn't redacted because why why do that? Supposedly the, the the Ukrainians said, "Yeah, you can put it out," and the president was insistent on putting it out. It 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 created additional uh, problems. But again, but again he but again, so believed that he hadn't done anything wrong. But again, that, Rich Rubino, again, it, it it strikes me that you know, with with White House counsel and with the embarrassing things that were said on that phone call, the Secretary of State, you've got the Attorney General uh, that would have to review it prior to presidential declassification just as a readout. I would think that the entire circle of national security advisors and legal advisors would tell him, hey, boss, this is not a good idea is this a is this a matter of really Trump being, you know, smarter than everybody else in the room? Trump being well, I think Trump. In any Trump. other administration, the president oh, would probably person need in the that room. advice. But remember when Trump was running and they asked him who he would rely on, he said he rely on his brain. So he has um, the very best I brain. He has the biggest brain. I think. I think in Trump's case, he really. I mean, I really think that he believes he's the smartest person in the room. I think that's why he changes so many advisors. He has so many acting secretaries. I think that people give him advice. He'll maybe he'll listen to it a little bit, and then eventually he kind of gets sick of it. And then eventually he just says, you know what? I don't really need a chief of staff. You know, he says he probably says to himself, you know, I I did great. He's probably this is probably how I guess you could say grand delusions of delusions of grandeur. He probably says, you know, look, I was a great businessman. I started with a million dollars. Look what I made. I made myself a billionaire, and now I'm a politician. I'm going to be the. I, I won the. I won the election, and no one thought I could win. No one thought I would win the primary. No one thought I could beat Hillary Clinton. But I won. He's probably saying, just tra- just tr- trust my instincts. Also, and everything the only Republican I do president ever to win right Wisconsin. Here, and don't necessarily <laughs> listen to you know these um, these underlings. Yeah, but, but here, here's the thing: is. He, the, the surprising thing about this is, and I think this is what got the Democrats all excited, was a combination, or I, I guess you could call it a, a, a comedy of errors. It, let's be clear, the the uh, acting director of national intelligence, Admiral McGuire, uh, his testimony was beyond credible. I mean, it, it is hard to shoot any bullets at his testimony on this. That alone, I think, would have sparked the inquiry getting the green light from the Speaker Nancy Pelosi. But literally that afternoon, after your director of national intelligence has given his his testimony in front of the intelligence committee, uh, 
you release the readout again they're feeding they're feeding the monster are they is there some sort of play that sits there and says, you know, dare I dare you to impeach me? It, 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 I mean, this is boggles the mind politically. I, again, this president will figure out a way to to try to make this work for him. But I I am of the view that that he thought this was going to uh, exonerate him. That people would say, oh, that's all he was doing. Oh, not that big a deal. He doesn't listen. I mean, all the reports are that he was advised ag- aggressively not to discuss this subject with the president of Ukraine. Well, and and, and Bolton, if you'll recall, was uh, uh, was uh, supposedly well, supposedly was one who said, "Don't do it." He was gone very sh- soon thereafter. Dan Coats. Was his exit was announced three days after the phone, phone call, call, making people wonder whether he was the whistleblower or possibly his deputy, who was the logical person to take over, who has been almost passed over immediately after the president said, "Yeah, we're going to go in a different direction. Thank you for your service. I'm going to pull in somebody not from this particular world." And now you have to believe when you watched McGuire, not least of all when he said. No, I don't think that the that the whistleblower, whistleblower did anything, did anything traitorous. I think he, did it by the book. he acted honorably and followed the rules and procedures. And the president has been been slicing and dicing the whistleblower ever since. That's a major conflict between those two, which doesn't bode well for the future How, of that acting DNI becoming the DNI. Yeah, I mean, this is obviously I don't think he, at, the, at the moment. I don't think he wants the job. Who's that? Oh, Admiral McGuire. No, it's hard to know. It, it, he's not always going to be in the spotlight like this. Although with this he guy, you, you don't know. Well, true, but, but he, people, he, he people did that, say pretty jokingly that it, it, if if the former DNI had mentioned to him what was going on, he, he would, would not have he, taken he would have the acting. No. <laughs> he wouldn't have taken the acting. People people close to him that I know have said that he he definitely does not want the job. Yeah, I mean, he's doing this as a he was supposed to be a placeholder, is what he was told. Uh, this is going to be interesting. We're going to keep an eye on this. Uh, well, can, can I just also include one additional real quickly, thing? Real quickly. Contempt of Congress is one of these phrases that we need to start getting familiar with. Next week. Um, we'll talk about that next week. Everyone needs to be attentive to that. I, pr- I promise. With everything going on, with Giuliani uh, kind of being resistant to, he said he hasn't made a decision yet, but he said he's not going to go in front yeah, of the kangaroo con- con- court. Contempt doesn't matter. <laughs> uh, and then uh, you've also got... Um, the Attorney General, you've got Secretary Pompeo right now saying that nobody can go there and With testify. With the subpoena as With, it now exists. As, it's, as, as it now exists. This is garbage. I need okay. more than this. Yeah. So that's going to be something. We're going to, th- this thing's going to go on and we're going to be covering it and talking about it for a long time. Uh, but uh, we are out of time on this one. On behalf of Alan Moore, Dan Lipner, uh, Eric the Engineer, uh, Charlie Burney filling in for. Rob, the engineer, always good to have you. Uh, out in the Bay State, Rich Rubino, thanks as always. Uh, you can download you. us on Twitter. You can download, or you can download us. You can follow us on Twitter, on Facebook. You can also download us as your favorite podcast on all of them: Google, Apple, Spotify, iHeartRadio, TuneIn Radio. You name it, we're out there. We're kind of a big deal now. Have a great week, America. We'll see you.